0: Hey there, this is Meg, I'm your host, and you are listening to Mental Status, a podcast about burnout for people in the mental health profession. Quick disclaimer, because you know that stuff is important these days, Uh, Mental Status is a podcast about burnout in the mental health field. It's for entertainment and educational purposes only. This is not therapy, and this is not clinical supervision. There are no CEUs associated with this podcast. Enjoy it and share it as you will. And if you're in a space where you're needing deeper support, please seek out therapy or supervision for yourself from somebody who is qualified to provide those services for you. Okay, here we go. All right. Welcome everybody to Mental Status. This is Meg. I am your host. This is a podcast about burnout for mental health professionals, Uh, and I have a super special guest with me today, and I'm very excited to talk with her, and I want to let her introduce herself. So, special guest, who are you, where are you, and how are you doing today?
1: Good morning, everyone. I am Dr. Nicole Vaccaro, aka Dr. Nicole. I am a former therapist, though I have kept my counseling license. And right now, I am an intuitive career coach who works with therapists leaving the profession and helping them find dream careers. So I'm really excited about my new venture. I am located in Saraso- sunny Sarasota, Florida. It's about 70 degrees here today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm loving that. Nice. And I to, how am I today? I am a little sleepy, yes. but I have a big cup of coffee, so
0: nice yes. yeah
1: and settling in <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah before we before we hit record we both uh we talking about how we were sleepy and I showed Dr. Nicole two <laughs> mugs of coffee <laughs> yeah you have two mugs that's that's cool yeah well we have so. you know we have a French press and I of course have to make one just for myself and so oh fancy <laughs> nice yes. oh impressive yes. I know very very nice okay yeah. so we can dig right in, um, Dr. Sure. Nicole. Tell us a little bit about your burnout story. Where have you been?
1: Yeah, so we were talking a little bit earlier that I've been in the profession for about thirteen years, and my burnout story starts when I worked at the DUI drug court, which is in Florida, in Sarasota, and it was part of a part of the job was going to the jail also and interviewing prospective candidates. So, I always say, Meg, if you can do court ordered counseling or mandated counseling, you can counsel anybody. Mm -hmm. You really can. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) That was my first job. And I learned so much. But I noticed that the first two years, I was really excited. The third and fourth year, I was getting really tired. I really just was really tired. And I think it's just because, like, some of the folks had a criminal mind. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but like a sense of like, let's get over on the man, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not follow the rules. And so that made the counseling really complicated because mm-hmm. we weren't really addressing the substance abuse and the drug addiction as much as we were talking about like, yeah, you can't steal $500 from somebody. Cause that's not yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and, and I, and I did have, quite a few successes with folks that, you know, I actually have seen them around town. You know, they've they've stayed sober. And I know it's and and I don't have addiction issues, but I know it's got to be hard to stay sober, especially in Florida where there's a bar on like every corner here. Like mm-hmm. this is a big drinking town. So um, you know, I really give props to the folks who've stayed sober and really worked whatever program they've chosen to work. Mm-hmm. Um but it but I got tired. You know, and I think it's because I wasn't getting paid well. A lot of my clients were making more money than me. I have, I had a PhD at the time, and you know, it just it was just becoming too much. So I had to leave. Yeah, just had to leave. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, so that was the start. Yeah, <laughs> that was start. yeah. How, how long were you there, ultimately? Well, I was getting
1: my license at the time. I had my PhD. I was getting my licensed um, mental health counselor, at LMHC in Florida. And um, let's see. Uh, yeah. And then I had to do my 3,000 face-to-face hours. So, you know, the whole drill. It mm-hmm. took forever. So almost four years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, four years. <laughs> and, um, you know, going to the jail also was just, like, not my jam. I mean... I don't like to like counsel people who are like shackled to the wall. Like that's just mm-hmm. not therapeutic to me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it yeah. was it wasn't good. It just was like the vibe was just really depressing. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So you started in that particular environment. Um, yeah. Where yeah. did you Where did you end up going after you left that environment?
1: Yeah. Well. So I thought, well listen, I'm I'm like done with clinical for the moment. I need a break and let me try something else cuz I'm all, I was always trying and we've talked before about this and in my it's in my bio. I'm always trying to in, with therapy and counseling, I'm always trying to fit myself into some, to some like what's the next best thing, right? What's the next thing that would be like suitable for me? So I thought, oh, my my friend said there's an insurance job and it's it's up in Tampa. So I moved to Tampa and the insurance job was doing I don't know why I thought this would would be better, Um, but the insurance job was doing, um, you know, uh, insurance verifications. Like folks were in severely and persistently mentally ill and they were in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, mental facilities trying to get better. And then we'd have to authorize days for them. Mm -hmm. And why I thought that'd be better. I don't know. Like, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Cause like we were, we would joke, like the folks on our clinical team would joke, like we're secretaries, cause there's all these like database things you have to put in. We're secretary counselors, cause it was an mm. ad, a lot of an admin job. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of, the, there was a cl- big clinical piece where you had to use your clinical judgment. It was a, I got paid decently, I mean, decently ish for counseling, mm-hmm. but it was high stress, like high stress. I think I had 70, 60, 60 facilities that I was, responsible for and it was just like too much and then I would tell the folks there that like I need help and then they would take maybe three or four facilities and give it to like Joe Blow or like Jane Doe or whoever and then by the end I think I had 50 facilities and truly I actually got sick I got really depressed and anxious and I had to be um, put on like it wasn't like a leave but it was like a medical thing where I had to reduce they I had to force them to reduce my number of cases.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, And my doctor like had to write a note and everything. It was like a deal because I kept begging for help, but we were so busy that like everybody was drowning. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, as highly sensitive person and being in that environment where there's, it's on the phone constantly all day long, like, no, you know, you can take a break and you have your lunch, but it's like all day long mm-hmm. doing like these I don't know, like, you know, you'd have a case and you'd have to staff it with the person that's at the hospital managing the case. Like, how many more days can I give to this person? How sick are they that I can give them another day? I mean, it's like, and, and these folks were sick. They were, they were you know, persistently mentally ill. So mm-hmm. there wasn't much that they were getting better either. You know what I mean? So it was it was hard. Yeah, And I really actually got sick myself. And so I had to be on a, like, I took a leave and then I came mm-hmm. back. And I deal with I deal with mental health issues myself, depression and anxiety. So then, I just got really depressed and anxious at the job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I had to like scale back. And then eventually, I was like, I can't do this anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was just so, rough.
0: After that job, did you return to clinical work?
1: <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, okay. <laughs> because I thought, well, what else am I going to do? Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of therapists have this thing where, like, what what else are we going to do? you know? Yeah. Like yeah. I interviewed for some jobs after I got my PhD to, to be a professor and that didn't work out. My initial, I have a PhD in counselor education. So my, my thought was what I was going to be a professor, but that just really wasn't in, a, in alignment. It didn't work out. So then I went to a private practice after that for several years and that turned out to be worse than the agency. Really? Yeah.
0: this is such a sad story (laughs) yeah what happened
1: yeah so like you know we were I was I I was an employee and so you know I had an office and everything and and it was like okay I mean in the beginning because we only had to see like six clients and then every year was at the end it was like nine now not all of them came usually like seven out of the nine came but you held space for nine it's like, I don't know my, I don't know my name after nine clients. Like I don't even want to talk to anybody. Like I didn't want to talk to my, my spouse. I mean, not my spouse, my boyfriend like at the time. On a daily basis, nine people. Yeah I, yeah. I did have Fridays off, but the time, by the time I got to Friday, I was like, Friday, just like laid in bed all day. and like, what's you do?
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I'm can't imagine seeing nine people in a day. Yeah, so it
1: wasn't always that. It was just that like nine people or eight people were on the schedule. Yeah. Like now, I keep in touch with them, and now I think they're saying ten. I'm like, are you what? What? <laughs> I know. Like, how oh do you see goodness. ten? Like, like okay. So we had to be there. The first client was at eight, and the last client was at four forty five. Mm-hmm. So by the time you got notes and everything, you were you. Got, I got there at seven thirty, and I left at six thirty. Then I drove home the forty minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think hour happens, like, yeah and so I was like thinking that would be okay because then I had like Fridays off the coveted like day off right but then by the time I got to Friday I, w- I was just like like just comatose and laying in bed <laughs> mm-hmm. watching videos all day yeah
0: because like what else how yeah how else are you able to do that much and be that present for like 10 10- 10 hours a day at tops like
1: and then like you know and I think folks forget like and I I, I know people that listen to this are, are therapists, healers and mm-hmm. that kind of uh, professions, but I think folks forget that, you know, I have clients on FMLA, I've got paperwork, I've got notes, yes. I've got doctors calling. You know, it's not like, you know, you have the session and then and then there's nothing else to do. You know there's so much else to do. Like when I hear these teachers talking about like how overwhelmed they are and they're really having these big voices. on on Instagram. And I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it too, on your anti-work therapist, um, you know, advocacy work, because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, one of my, one of my clients said, you have a really demanding job. I'm like, yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would have, I think I would have really enjoyed counseling if I had less clients.
0: Right. And maybe like, if I had like five, yeah (laughs) Yeah. not nine. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you have the five and just like what you're talking about, the five, those are five clinical hours, but then for yeah. myself, when I have a clinical hour, I have to add, I, 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 get kind of, I don't know, conservative or whatever, but like 15 minutes for notes at least. Yes. And then if I have to make any calls, that's at least 15 minutes. And then mm-hmm. there's other admin stuff. I have to take care of myself. Like I have to go to the bathroom. I have to eat. I have to drink water. Like mm-hmm. it, you, it, you, there's, there's other stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. So like I would see, and I'm not going to name any names, mm-hmm. Um, for fear of reprisals. Um Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I mean, I would see clients for 45 minutes because I I drink, I drink so much water like all day long that Mm -hmm. I need to go to the bathroom a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I would see clients for 45 minutes, zip to the bathroom, come back, and then do my notes. I wanted to I like to do my notes right away when they're Mm -hmm. fresh in my mind. I don't want to do the notes at the end of the day. It's just that's just like a me thing. And my boss was like, Well, do the notes in the session. I'm like. Yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable doing that because I really want to be present for my clients and really want to be focused on them. And when I'm writing a note and typing on the keyboard, that doesn't feel, Yeah, that doesn't feel good.
0: No. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I've I've had at least one, one position where, and this was, it was a little bit different because it was in homework and it was with mm-hmm. families who were right. court mandated and stuff. So there court were mandated.
1: Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. And there, there were a lot of requirements from the funders of the program to do particular paperwork yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah. part of it was you take the last 30 minutes of session to write a note with the family oh, because wow. you like, and, yeah. and the way that they had it, uh, kind of, uh, settled was like, you take 30 minutes because you are going to write down literally everything that happened in session, everything. Uh, like, and you're like going to get plan feedback. got
1: up to go to the bathroom. They made a ham sandwich yes <laughs> yes
0: we, we were supposed to document in fine detail uh, oh, i didn't, okay. I didn't like right. that very different from a private practice setting and i know that i like i've heard of concurrent documentation which is i think what you're talking about like and for yeah. some people it does work it's fine but like yeah like I, my my yeah. boss
1: the owner of the company she would always say that and i mm-hmm. and i would say you know not that doesn't work for me
0: mm-hmm. it
1: mm-hmm. just doesn't and so you know, I really tried to make that private practice work because I've always heard private practice is the holy grail for, for, for counselors, therapists. I, I'm sure you've heard that too, mm-hmm. right? Everybody aspires to be in private practice. And if that is your jam and that works for you, God bless. Because I think, I think the more counselors we have, the more therapists, the better. Mm-hmm. But I kept squeezing myself into a box that just wasn't going to fit. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a medium and animal communicator and not Mm -hmm. that I was going to do readings for clients, but I never could be who I, I, I am like, -hmm. I never could advertise myself as an intuitive. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that was really holding me back too. um, even though the intuition was really informing my client work a lot, um, it, it just couldn't be who I was. And I think I was just unhappy Mm -hmm. just not being who I was or, you know, just feeling very repressed. Yeah. And yeah. plus my 21 year old clients were making like 10 times more than me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah. pissed me off.
0: Yeah. Just it, can, pissed, it, it still pisses so me hard. off.
1: Yeah. It pisses me off to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my clients, because I have the PhD, I think my clients were thinking I was like making a lot of money. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like there would be comments like, oh, you know, you have a really nice handbag. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do you think I could buy a nice handbag on my salary? Oh, heck no. Right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and I don't want to make it all doom and gloom. I really learned a lot. There there was a lot, I mean, I grew very, a lot personally, the, ca- the therapy work has informed my coaching so much. So, mm-hmm. but just, you know, talking to therapists who think that this is going to be their forever career and who have, like, there was a lot of shame for me talking about this with people, like my fair, ther- I, all my friends are therapists. So like, or most of them. And like being like, Oh, I I just like hate therapy. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I didn't feel like I could really come out of the closet and like say that.
0: Yeah. 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 just There there was a lot going on for you that didn't allow you or you didn't feel allowed to like Mm -hmm. be who you wanted to be and like have the career that would have suited you. So like, yeah, there's a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you had felt like you were in a safer environment to have your, like your identity be congruent with your professional self. Like if yeah. you could have shown up as you were, and if you were taken mm-hmm. care of financially and if you didn't have yeah. to see like up to 20 million people, people a day, my goodness. <laughs> yes, like
1: Yeah. So there was a like, lot of layers. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're pointing out and I'm thinking, the moment I think about it, like, I don't know how I did so well. Like I had a waiting list of clients. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't, I wasn't really functioning well. Yeah. Uh, uh, On my person in my personal life, I think I was functioning well well enough in my professional life, but like when it came to my personal life, I was Mm -hmm. just like exhausted. Yeah. Um. Because when when we are not who we are, when we don't show up as our authentic self, it is exhausting.
0: Yeah, you're like performing all day.
1: Yeah. Like I'm. I'm always like like the thing in my mind would be like showtime. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, and I don't
1: want to do showtime anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I just want to show up who I am and, you know, yeah. take me or leave me kind of thing,
0: Yeah, know? 100%. Oh, I get that for yeah. sure. And mm-hmm. I mean, I am curious to hear, like, within your personal life, what were you noticing that was telling you you were not doing well?
1: Well, like, I would be tired on Fridays. I was getting yeah. depressed and anxious again. And mm-hmm. when I get depressed and anxious, that is a sign from the universe that I'm not in alignment somewhere. Like, what I'm doing is not lighting me up. I've learned that through the years over years of therapy, personal therapy, personal growth work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wasn't available for people. Like people would call and I'd be like, I have this problem. And I'd be like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I can't be available to you. And like, mm-hmm. that's my family members, you know, like yeah. I just, I've already heard 25 people's stories this week and I can't listen to yours. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, exactly. yeah so like, I think I was just getting very depressed. Like the, the best day of the week would be Saturday because I felt a sense of freedom. Like Sunday was a buffer. Friday had off, and I just slept all day. Mm. And then, like Saturday was like, oh, like I felt like, oh, I could breathe on a Saturday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I do that was the only mean. day of the week that I liked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, even though the situation, it, diff- it doesn't sound ideal, but like, thank goodness you had the Friday. You got had a break. a break, and because I, I, I think I, I would have, yeah, yeah. It's 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 thinking of people who like. I mean, obviously with you at the previous agency jobs, it doesn't sound like you had those days off. So you had like a little bit of time maybe on the weekends to try to recuperate, but even that was like, well, I had to, I had a half day on Tuesday. You did. Okay.
1: Got it. But I mean, basically, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you yeah. have to go to work. So like, you're still yeah. already, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's it's not a day off in the middle of the week. Yeah. yeah. And
1: they used to be mad
0: at me. Like I wouldn't come in on that
1: Tuesday for the staff meetings.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'd be like, well, I'm like working contracted to work until 11 or 12 or whatever it was. And then I'm going home. Mm
0: -hmm. Like that's a
1: boundary and sorry about the staff meetings, but like, I I really don't care.
0: (laughs) Good for you. Mm -hmm. Good for younger you. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Good for younger me.
1: Yeah. I just did a post and it'll be up in a couple of weeks of like, a, a talking about a letter to my younger therapist self.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was really very kind of like, just like, Oh my God, you've been through a, a, a lot of things have gone on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of lessons learned too about mm-hmm. from all of this, you know? Um, yeah.
0: yeah. It's always like, <laughs> I, I like doing retrospective stuff. Like I like looking back and, and seeing the path that I've walked to where I am right now and there is a yeah. bit of a like a bittersweetness to that as well mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if you experienced that as you were writing your letter to your younger self but just like yeah wow look at all this stuff but also like oh my goodness
1: yeah it's a lot and I and, and the lack of compassion I had for myself and yeah. and the incredible compassion I had for clients it just mm-hmm. gets me emotional to this day like you know, I, I have a box of letters and cards from clients I've, ha- I've had for my whole career. And, and, and I've asked people not to put any identifying information, just their first name. And sometimes I'll look through that box and think like, God, look at the, look at the impact I've had on people's lives. Mm-hmm. But that came at a, a price of living my own life joyfully. Like I'd celebrate people's like marriages or their engagements or all of their fun life things. But I really wasn't living my life per se. Like I was really like living through my clients kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. it just was kind of sad Mm -hmm. now that I look back on it. So, yeah, it was, and so, so now I'm just in this new role, um, in career coaching, I'm just trying to give myself more compassion and more self-care and creating a life that is more joyful because, Mm -hmm. you know, the journey from the, for, for me, counseling wasn't joyful because the reason why I went into into therapy is because I understood I had trauma and pain and I resonated with that frequency.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so then I thought, well, I'm going to help people because I have all this trauma and pain. And that's not necessarily the best thing. I I think a lot of therapists go into this profession, sometimes working out our own crap, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and that's okay. If you're doing your, stuff like concurrently or yeah. you're working on yourself. Yeah. Um, but like one of my therapist friends said, well, I'm really broken. And I'm like, well, but do you see, you have like a huge case load of clients. So that's, how is mm-hmm. that working?
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it, it is definitely, it, it's a dance. Right. And like, I, I personally don't have a, any sort of like trauma history that would be quote unquote, the big T trauma, like yeah. Having gone through trainings for trauma, like I understand my points of trauma throughout my life relationally and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it it's, it is interesting how that can show up with clients if we're not mindful about like, okay, I am mm-hmm. tending to the stories and the pain and the joy of all of these people. Their story is theirs. It's not mine, but it's resonating with me. Right. <clears throat> that probably means like, I need to get my ass in the therapy if I'm not already, which is like, (laughs) which is true. Yeah, it's true. And I I say that with a lot of compassion because I, I know for myself, there were points where I felt very resistant, especially earlier on in my career through grad school. Mm -hmm. Like I had liked therapy, but I also had this idea in my mind of like, no, like I'm learning this stuff and I'm okay. I can take care of myself because I'm getting the book knowledge, (laughs) which doesn't (laughs) work.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think all all therapists and mental health professionals, I think you have, I, I would really encourage everybody to be in therapy at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just experience it, experience what your clients potentially go through. And plus, mm-hmm. work on your own shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, mm-hmm. um, you need to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and like, even if well, you don't have the extensive trauma history, or even if you don't, yeah personally struggle with a mental health condition, like there's still a lot of benefit in just going for the sake of being able to be proactive about things. Um, right. As you're working with people like taking on their stories.
1: Yeah, you, you do, you do. I mean, you can't help but take on some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just can't help it. You you can do all the self-care in the world, but if you are an empathic caring therapist, you will be taking on some things. Mm-hmm. And so maybe just having a time where you can either have supervision or therapy or both, and just talking about like, gosh, I really had a heavy session today. It was a, it was a lot, and I'm feeling very, I'm feeling it's feeling weighty for me, or whatever mm-hmm. that looked like. So yeah, you don't need you don't need to have mental health concerns or um, anything like that to go to, to go to therapy. Just yeah. even experience it. Like when I hear therapists that haven't gone to therapy, I'm not necessarily wanting to go to them as a therapist mm-hmm. that's just my point of view
0: yeah yeah there's something to be said for somebody who has invested in some of the process for themselves as well to identify right. some of the the spots where they may not be able to um, i don't know like what am i trying to say they just you, you gain you gain some depth when you go inside of your own self rather than seeking yeah. other people's depth. Okay. Right, and
1: I think you're right. You 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 can become in touch with areas that you might have biases that you don't mm-hmm. you're not even aware of, or mm-hmm. you know, learn about clients that you really aren't able to work with for whatever reason mm-hmm. um, that are very triggering, and you can't get past that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know, it's okay. But it's important for you to know, and it's important mm-hmm. for your clients that you don't work with clients that um, that are not a good fit for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so, and I th- I feel like well I think we talked about this off off recording, but yeah. um, One thing that I find very intriguing for you now, where you are in your career, is you're a career right. coach, right? Specifically, I think for therapists who are looking to leave the yeah. industry, right? So,
1: so that's that. Yeah, that's my current venture. Yeah. And yeah, and that is really near and dear to my heart because mm. when I was looking to leave a few years ago. I went to a regular regu- regular career coach and I don't disparage anybody who's a regular career coach a standard career coach because you know they give you assessments and mm-hmm. and everything and they decided this the woman that I went to was really great she decided I should be a project manager and then the more I looked into it yeah you make good money but it's even more stressful than being a counselor yeah. like I would I emailed a whole bunch of people that are project managers on LinkedIn and they all said like don't do it <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> I, I know I'm like mm. So I invested a couple thousand dollars in this career counseling to find that that wasn't a fit. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm uniquely poised for folks that are wanting to leave the mental health profession because I understand the journey. I understand Mm -hmm. where you're at. And I think and I'm getting a lot of DMs about people saying, like, I thought this was going to be my forever career. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of grief, you know. You know, I have a PhD in counselor education. I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in my education. Like, I was hanging on because I didn't think there was anything else for me. Number one, and number two, I had so, so been so invested in this being my forever career. I had no idea I'd ever leave therapy. Never. Yeah, yeah. And so.
0: So yeah, when you when you start working with a therapist who is even considering. That they want mm-hmm. to leave and they come to you and say, yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't know, but I get this feeling that I want to yeah. leave. Yeah. What, what do you notice the most? Well, I notice
1: what I went through, which is where am I gonna go? Like, there's no place to go. Ah, mm-hmm. It's desperation. Like, mm-hmm. I can't be anything else but a therapist. Like I've I've been 20 years a therapist, I've been working as a therapist or mental health professional for 20 years. And now, now what? Mm-hmm. You know. My kids are grown. I got a divorce, and now I'm in this place where I like don't want to do this job anymore. But now what? So, a lot of my messaging is going to like you know dreaming again, looking at other careers. I mean, coaching is is a is a is a good transition for folks that are therapists, right? I mean, you Mm -hmm. have to be very careful because you're not you're not a therapist, Um, but you know. a friend of mine was a therapist for 20 years and she's, she's moved to wellness coaching. Um, she retains a boutique practice. She has a small clientele Mm -hmm. therapy clientele, and they're very, it's very separate. She's got her therapy clientele and her coaching clientele Mm -hmm. and she's really loving it. She works with, um, mama, mom, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. mompreneurs, And so that, I think that's why I'm like doing some messaging around coaching being something to really think about. Um, yeah. as a therapist, if you're looking to thinking about leaving and sometimes, you know, I'm not necessarily convincing anybody to leave. Maybe, maybe there's just a shift you can make that you can stay in therapy too. Like, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah. What, what are some of those shifts that you think people could make? Like if they're not quite ready to leave, but something's yeah. not working, what do you think? Yeah.
1: You could- I think people need to look at, <clears throat> and I do this a lot. I have a course that I lead folks through and I look at, look at your values. Like, If work-life balance is your value and you're working 20 hours a day, let's say, and just, you know, just to exaggerate, then you're not in alignment, right? Mm -hmm. So living your values and your work and your personal life um, is really important. And what really makes your heart sing? Like maybe you're working with clients that have addictions, but you really want to work with adult adoptees, let's say. So... You know, maybe there are some shifts you can make. Oh, you know, and also self care. We self care, self care, self care. And I think as therapists, we're the worst with self care. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but we are. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call it out, mm-hmm. um, myself included. I mean, so the shifts that could be made are living your values, looking at what your values are, and then looking at the clientele that you're serving. Like, are they are they a good fit for you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like working
0: in it with addiction was not a good fit for me so yeah and how how do how do people find the clientele that works for them like what is the process from what you've seen and from what you did to find the yeah. ideal population to work with yeah uh, it,
1: I think it, I think paying attention and how I came to career coaching as I paid attention to what lit me up of all the things that I've all the people and 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 issues that I've And all the things that I've worked with over the last, over a decade, helping people with their career and their job was the most fulfilling to me. So paying attention to what, like, if you have client A on your schedule and you, and then you're like, oh my God, she's talking about eating disorders. And that really lights me up. Like really pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that's really important. You know, like I know you help you serve um, therapists, you know, with, with burnout. Is that right? I want to make sure that. So, you know, it's like, how, how did you come to that? How, how did you come to that place? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, for myself, it was exactly the same. Like I had at the group practice I was at previously, just a couple of clients who worked in healthcare or mental mm-hmm. health where like they would talk about their struggles and I would find myself feeling like a fierce advocate for them in trying to support them through their own journey in figuring right. out what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. where they wanted to be. Um, right. Yeah. And I mean like myself having my own s- several journeys through burnout, <laughs> yeah. um, knowing how important it is to have that in our field, because burnout is still like hard to talk about. People are still it's very hard to talk about. It. It's about it. it's
1: a taboo subject. I mean, I'm glad you're talking about it and advocating about it, mm-hmm. but yeah. So so what I encourage people to do is just what you did. Like what, what clients do you really
0: mm-hmm.
1: feel passionate about and you want to advocate for and just fierce and and really enjoy, you know? And for me, it was clients that were unhappy with their job mm-hmm. and that wanted to change their career life. And then in turn, create joy in their personal life. Yeah. And so that's, and then I had to think about like, what, what are, what were my values, um, you know, work-life balance is a value, and I know we tout work-life balance a lot, but it's really a value. I, after working all those days and hours, and um, I, I don't have the energy to work like that. Yeah, I just yeah. don't.
0: Yeah,
1: and so I'm taking on less clients, and and I'm charging a lot more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely.
1: And so I can focus on the the small clientele that I have, and and focus on them fiercely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're
0: able to cut down the the number of hours that you're working, which helps your yeah. energy stay up, which helps yeah. you give top tier services to the people who come to work with you because you're not so overloaded with like a, an entirely full schedule every single week. No, of people you have to see.
1: I mean, I'm mindful about that. Yeah, and then I do other things. You know, I mean, I like like you know, you know, being on podcasts and. Mm-hmm. Different other things. So it's not, not just only, um, you know, and then I have my online course. And so it's just not, there's a couple of different things that I'm involved in. But the actual one-on-one coaching, I'm, I try to keep it to more a boutique because, mm-hmm. um, number one, it's expensive. And number two, I want to give the best level of, of care and, mm-hmm. and attention to, to folks that sign up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the nine clients a day is not happening.
0: <laughs> no, no, no no
1: no that's done yeah um so four to five a day is is really is really something that i can do and then i i take mondays off and then fridays um i might see clients it just depends and then i have a lot of, you know the admin work because i still mm-hmm. take notes
0: yeah
1: um because what i like to do is like have my notes type like I know I'm going to see Susie tomorrow and what homework do, did we need to do or what homework did she do last week and what are we working on i like to have I did this in therapy I, I like to have like a you know a nice little kind of a schedule mm-hmm. of what what we did last time and what yeah. we're doing this time yeah. <laughs> like yeah. now, what did we lose? what did we do last time I forgot what, what did I give you a a sheet on self-care, like ah, I don't remember. <laughs> like that doesn't yeah. make a person feel good. It like mm-hmm. makes them feel like y- you don't care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So seeing less clients, I think it's just much better. And you know, and enjoying my life more, like having more fun. Like I think for me, working is a real in my in my life and in, in my world. Working is like a badge of honor. um mm-hmm. Just work, 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 work. Like oh my god, you're working so hard. You're just, oh yay, you know. Um, and I don't really, I mean, you, you don't feel this, I know that, but I mean, I don't feel, I, I don't feel like I want to just work all the time anymore. Like, I think that's just makes me boring and it makes me
0: tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, I can, I, I can identify with that as well. And I didn't, I didn't even come from a family where like work was all they did. I don't, I honestly don't even know where I got my like super hardcore gotta gotta lean into work all the way. I have some ideas, but like, (laughs) yeah, there, there there's definitely a culture of like, be the yes person, take on mm-hmm. all the projects, wear multiple hats. And like, I, I came previously from like the software development world and copywriting mm. and marketing, but like mm-hmm. there's startups and there's lean teams and y'all got to like work together. Let's be a that, team. Yeah. Yeah. Be a good team player. Stay late yeah. Take on this extra project. Yeah. And that definitely carried over into my counseling work where was like, okay, we're going, we're taking all the clients are saying yes to everything. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. I can't. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you say yes to everything, then mm-hmm. you say no to, to you don't say no to anything. And then who suffers is you. Yeah. And, and the clients don't get your best self. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I see that a lot in agency work, you know, uh, you know, it's just like, you're just so overloaded. Um, Actually, my agency job was the least busy I'd been, to be honest. Really? <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. And they know- actually cared a little bit about work life balance.
0: I know that. It was a, I, it was a yeah. county
1: job, though. So it was more working for the government, oh, too. Sorry. So people weren't going to work past their five o'clock thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's very Amen. true Amen. Oh God my bless. yeah one of my uh one of my internship sites was at a county um it was like a, a php partial hospitalization program oh, php yeah yeah so like that was very very true like people were more chill than i was ever used to i was like what's going on they're just yeah, like what's happening yeah. they're not crazed
1: <laughs> they're not they're not in like running around like chickens with their head cut off like yeah. they're not working hard enough yeah <sighs> so I think if we, if we, as a profession, charge more, mm-hmm. we can see less clients, we can be less burnt out, we can be happier, and we can bring our best selves to the work That's that we're doing cool. with clients, whether it's coaching, therapy, healing, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that can be applied all, and then, then the, the idea of suffering and martyr, martyrdom,
0: which I know you talk a lot about, mm-hmm.
1: um, there's no need for that.
0: No, there's really not. And it, it, it's kind of backwards in a way, like when you're acting out of a martyrdom mindset or a savior right. mindset, like that is actually really disempowering to clients.
1: Um, it really is because yeah. you're not, you are not embodying what you're asking your clients to do. For example, I hope my clients are, my former clients aren't listening to this, but I was known in the office as the self-care queen, right? Mm-hmm. So in my group practice, like I would, everybody, I would, You know, here's a great journal. Here's a great worksheet. Whatever. I wasn't walking that talk. Mm -hmm. I was exhausted, Mm -hmm. but I told everybody, "Hey, take care of yourself." That dissonance. I, I I mean, I'm sure some clients could feel that, like, Mm -hmm. or at least I could. It felt like a fraud.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It just wasn't authentic and in alignment. And I, and I encourage folks in this profession to get into alignment with what you. Who you are, like, don't hide who you are if okay. at all possible. Yeah. In, in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because you will be unhappy.
0: <laughs> yeah. It just, it, yeah. I know that there are still therapists and healers and people out there who feel, for a variety of reasons, they feel more personally safe when they are able to put some distance between who they are in their personal life and who they are in the office. And I, I get right. that. Yeah, I and get that.
1: Uh, I get and that.
0: I have heard more and more people are like, ah, oh, like this doesn't feel like me. And I feel like I can't be who I am. And I'm putting on a performance every day and it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, like talking about being your authentic self to be clear, like, and, and everybody listening, this sh- I'll say should be obvious, but I, I just want to emphasize, like, it doesn't mean talking about yourself during sessions or bringing your own shit up to the clients. Like we all know it's not ethical, but if you can Mm -hmm. show up like for myself, I was working in a small rural conservative town in the Midwest. And I showed up with tattoos and a nose piercing and a short hair. And I felt like I stuck out, but there were some clients who I really connected with in that space because I showed up without feeling apologetic for who I was. That's and great. I'm sure some clients were like, okay, this lady's weird. I'll, I'll listen to what she has to say. Well, maybe they're like, oh, she's different.
1: She's different she might have yeah. a really unique perspective that I'm not getting in with this conservative town.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you, you know? can show up in that way, like even that allows for some therapeutic process to happen because if the person who's right. sitting across from you has some, some notions about what it means for you to show up with short hair as a woman or with tattoos. Great. I've had some really good conversations about that kind of stuff with people. And it's, yeah. it's felt productive to be able to address, like, here are differences rather than me being just a blank slate, you know, like. Right. I'm like this nothing human who's just <laughs> here listening to you, you know?
1: I know. And I know we're taught in school to be the blank slate. We're not sharing anything about personal life. You know, sometimes I'll talk about my cat in, in therapy. Yeah. I, talk, I love my cat. I talk about my cat. <laughs> I mean, that kind of thing. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm having this person. I'm, I'm really depressed today. I'm having no, this personal no. problem with my spouse. You know, like n- nobody wants to hear that. They're there for themselves. You know, they're there they're there in therapy, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if you humanize and say like, oh gosh, you know, I just, like one of my clients was like, I was really tired. I'm like, I'm really tired today. I said, let's be tired together. Mm-hmm. And we just like clapped our hands and just mm-hmm. like, like normalized it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah I'm tired too, but yeah, I'm here. We're experience. both showing up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I didn't, the other thing is that now that I'm doing like on Instagram, it's really been hard for me to, sort of come out and talk about myself because of the, I don't know if you're, you're feeling this all, all with your Instagram channel, but Mm -hmm. like, I just did a live and I just felt like really awkward and like 300 people viewed it. And I was like, God, this wasn't like, this wasn't really good. Like, why is anybody even watching me? You know, but um, Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother story. But like, (laughs) but the idea is that as a therapist, I, I I buried myself so that I could be present to the client. Um, and so now that I'm sharing more about my mental health struggles and things like that, it, it just feels foreign. It feels
0: awkward. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when I, it's funny because I think I've posted recently on my on my channel. Like, I think I put a story on there. Like, people have been contacting me and saying, "Thank you so much for saying these things, for sharing yourself, for being authentic, for just talking about who you are and your struggles." Yeah. And it it has been it has definitely been a journey to get there because that there's that multi-layered thing where like as therapists we are trained that it's dangerous to share anything whatsoever about ourselves yeah. because that could, yeah. we could lose our license if people were stupid. If people um, knew who we were. Yeah. And I I was actually having this thought process happen in my brain earlier this morning before the podcast like oh my oh. gosh. Okay. So it could my could my livelihood ever be at risk because I am coming out and talking to people about the problems with the industry and like naming and shaming, not mm-hmm. not individual people, not no, individual just the coaches, system. The system. Yeah. I, I had that conversation with myself internally. Like, is this okay? Is this right? Can I do this? Mm-hmm. Can I talk about mm-hmm. this stuff? Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> a small voice in my head was like, well, fuck it. Like, if I can't talk about it, we are the industry that talks about the deep, dark, ugly shit. Why, how could, how could it not be okay to try to make this better for everybody by calling out what's, I mean, I think that you
1: are a pioneer because there are people who are not like, okay. On Instagram, I follow a lot of teachers, nurses, and they are calling it out in a big way. They're calling out the broken systems. I mean they're unapologetically calling it out and i'm glad you're having these conversations dialogue because it needs to happen
0: it does yeah and i i love therapists i love helpers and i so so desperately wish that there was that safety built into advocating for ourselves because it feels like we've been taught we keep our shit all behind closed doors and we only talk about that in supervision and therapy but don't don't bring it out into public
1: yeah. I, I feel the same way. I, I do. And I think that the more I'm, I, you know, I, I bill myself as an intuitive per coach. I talk about my, my intuition a lot in, in, now in, in the coaching space. And people are really resonating with that because, like, I'm finally be, being who, who I am. Like, you know, if I talked about it when I was a therapist, then people would be like, oh, I want a reading. Like, that's, that's not going to work. That's not ethically sound. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I just feel less tired and less stressed and more myself. And Mm -hmm. you know, it just is what it is. And I never used to talk about my mental health struggles ever. That was always quiet. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And here I am helping people with depression, anxiety every day. Like and I know we're getting short on time, but like, I just want to tell you this real quick. One of my clients was depressed and anxious and she came in and she said like, oh, I'm sure you don't understand what it's like depressed and ang- to be depressed and anxious. I'm sure your life is perfect. And I finally just like said to her, I said, no, I, I have that same struggle.
0: Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I do. And just normalizing it, mm-hmm. you know? And Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, I've had, I've had similar things where like when I was doing family therapy, the, the systems work, yeah, the systems I, I, work. Yeah. yeah I, I had some clients who were like, Gosh, I bet you never make anybody angry. I bet your spouse just <laughs> is like, You're so good at this. I'm like, um, <laughs> If you could see the petty shit that we get into, <laughs> you would. Yeah. It, we're human, right? Like, there's absolutely nothing at all that says that we are immune from experiencing all of the same human stuff as has been so brutally highlighted by the pandemic, which I
1: absolutely. I, absolutely
0: yeah like the pandemic has just shown it's it just and,
1: and, and yeah and I think the pandemic as much as I don't like the pandemic it's a force people to sort of take stock and take inventory mm-hmm. of their lives I mean they're leaving their careers and droves because they're unhappy yeah and so that's one of the I don't want to say benefits but one of the good outcomes is just like people are, are starting to become real about mm-hmm. what they want and what they don't want what they'll tolerate and what they won't
0: yeah and yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is wow. great because I, yeah. I feel like not obviously not only in our industry, but in many, like we're just kind of taught we should, we should feel lucky to have a job, but it's kind of the like, I feel like people are starting to turn their own be- around and be like, I'm selling my labor to this person or this company. Like I have some stock in this. I get to decide where I sell my labor and for how much yeah. and under what conditions, which is awesome. Like I'm I'm glad to but see it happening. I would
1: love to go to <laughs> First-year count, master's degree counseling students, and I would just want to shake them all and tell them, charge as much as you can. Mm-hmm. This is a hard job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, negotiate <laughs> your
0: salary. Like, yeah, like for more.
1: You know, get paid your worth. You know, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: know Tiffany McLean. I, I know you, you. You might know her, Lean mm-hmm. in and Make Bank. I mean, she really advocates for therapists to charge their worth, and I think she's fierce and fabulous. Yes, um, absolutely. And she's talking about that too. Yeah. So yeah, you know, charge what you're worth and, you know, why should you make $30,000 a year? You, you're not, you can't, aff- I mean, even in rural America, you can't afford to live on that. Yeah.
0: Then you have to get that's, a second job. That's less <laughs> than what you paid to get the degree in the first place. So like, yeah. yeah let's talk about and then that. you have student loans. So <laughs> oh how are you going to pay uh... those back? <laughs> yes. So anyways,
1: but yeah, just a lot of good conversations today, mm. uh, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. glad I've moved on to to something else, but I do, you know, there's been a lot of good things uh, that have come out of my therapy work, mm-hmm. and I've learned a lot. So, you know, that it's not been a big sad journey. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But yeah. I just want to talk about the burnout piece of it because it's just really, really real.
0: It is. And
1: caution people to take care of themselves.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and usually, so usually the way I end these episodes is to ask you, so if you were to leave the audience with just like something to chew on or something to think about as we're closing things up, what would you Mm -hmm. want them to know? I would want them to
1: know that if you are happy as a therapist, please stay a therapist because we desperately need you. If you're not happy, then start thinking about why, You know, start having those conversations with yourself because there is life after therapy, Mm-hmm. and um people are afraid to leave but I'm living proof that you can have a new job and be happy and make money so mm-hmm. that's Excellent. what I'd like to leave people with
0: wonderful well thank you so much yeah, for that. Um, yeah of yeah, course. I Just I really enjoyed this thank you so much for spending the time and chatting with me today I'm, I'm sure yeah, it was honest.
1: really fun it was really fun thanks for having me on and yeah, yeah had a great
0: time absolutely hey everyone Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I hope that whoever or wherever you are, you can start having more conversations in your circles of support about better ways to support ourselves and to support each other through burnout. If you like today's show, please make sure to head over to wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you left a rating and a review on there to help get the word out. Thanks so much y'all. Until next time, take care of yourselves and I will see you again soon.